Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall This is the final word, World Cup Daily, today's well Brought to you by seabussuper.com.au Super fun hitting your retirement for six. Visit cbussuper.com.au. We are coming to you today from London, where it is grey, it is raining. The West Indies and South Africa tried to play today. They did not have a lot of success because the story of this tournament, perhaps for the next few days, as we predicted might happen at some point in England, is rain, rain, rain. It's like rain on your wedding day, which is not actually ironic at all. That's one of the things that's often discussed about the song Ironic is that none of the examples in it are ironic. A free ride when you've already paid is not ironic. Uh, good advice that you didn't take is not ironic. It's inconvenient, but it's not ironic. And then there's the meta argument that the entire song is ironic because it's called ironic, but none of the examples in it are actually ironic. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of irony. Uh, irony is when the intended purpose of something contravenes the actual effect of the thing. Uh, it rain at a fundraiser for drought relief that then has to be cancelled is ironic. Rain on a wedding day is just annoying. Uh, people seem to misunderstand irony. They say, oh, Pakistan lost their first game in 1992. That's ironic. No, no, it's not. It's a coincidence. A coincidence is not irony. Irony is something else. Being run over by an ambulance is ironic. But it's important to make those distinctions. And that's what we do on The Final Word. Adam Collins is with me. I'm Jeff Lemon. And... Uh, you are going to give us a summary of what happened in today's cricket in 30 <laughs> seconds or less. After that, I think with that kind of material, you could win some sort of award of the Comedy Festival in the late 90s. That's, <laughs> that's, you dated that really well. I wish you had have gone with the 30 seconds to describe <laughs> a match. Can I get a drop some Jupiter reference in? <laughs> Actually, if it was 7.3 overs, you could probably do ball by ball. Yeah, I'd probably still I'll be prob- within 30 seconds. Given my form of late, I'll probably still, I'll still overshoot the runway. <laughs> um, I once caught a flight with, a, um, with someone who overshot the runway. Ooh. And has a cricket reference. We'll start there, shall we? Patterson Thompson um, was a fast bowler who played for the West Indies a handful of times in the mid-90s. And when we were touring the Caribbean in 2015, we were on a flight from somewhere to somewhere. I can't remember now, but the whole team were on the plane as with a touring mm. journey pack. And Craig McDermott was the bowling coach. And upon realising that Patterson Thompson was flying the plane, he reminded us that he bowled 32 no balls at Adelaide Oval in the test match in 96-97. <laughs> and he sort of said, drolly, I hope he doesn't overstep today. <laughs> 7.3 overs was all we got today. It was the shortest World Cup game ever. And then a fair sample size there. At the end of it, South Africa, after being sent in, were 29 for two. The main talking point was the slowness in which it took the ball to reach. Chris Scale at first slip when Hashim Amla hit it there for six that's when the rain came. 
Sheldon Cottrell took both the wickets. What a star. He got to do his salute, then we all got to go home. That was Capiche. 21 seconds. Lovely. Nine to spare. Yeah, nine to spare. You, can you roll them over? Is it like that frustration <laughs> with unused mobile credit? You're yeah. like, why shouldn't I be able to use it next month? Do I get 39 seconds tomorrow? You do not. That's back, that, you're going in with the 90s references today, Jeff. This is good. <laughs> you're on form. <laughs> There. Where are we? Player of the day? Should we bother? Let's do it. Let's do player of the day. Well, player of the day is probably Sheldon Cottrell, isn't it? He took yeah. two wickets. Two for 18. Um, Quinton de Kock was 17, not when it was called as well, I should add. Aiden, Mark, uh, Aiden Markram strangled down the leg side. And Fafta Plessis, whose strike rate is nothing to speak of in this tournament, zero off seven balls to help uh, help uh, diminish that yet further. Well, um, possibly, though, player of the day might be the rain because it got South Africa a point. The, for the washout, mm, desperately they, needed point. Yep. So they were. They, they They'll were, probably win the thing now. Uh, they could surge back into contention with that key point. Well, that's they, the Pakistan example in '92, wasn't it? When they bowled out. When they rather when they bowled out by England for seventy-four. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. And then, uh, and then the rain came at Adelaide Oval, and they missed the chance to eliminate Pakistan. And Pakistan mm. ended up beating them in the final about a month later. So. Who's to know? It might be a West Indies-South Africa final at Lords, and this will be an omen of sorts. Well, I'll tell you what the positioning says at the moment. West Indies are five, they're fifth on the table with three points, so they're just behind England, India, Australia on four. So, you know, it keeps them vaguely in the running, and South Africa are off the foot of the table. They were vying with Afghanistan for last place, but they've got themselves a rain result, and they've got themselves one point. So I reckon they might have been slightly relieved at, at you know, two for 29 when their two top-order strokes players had already been dismissed on a, what was probably going to be a fairly slow wicket down there. They might have been um, thankful to at least get out of it with half the reward. Yeah, it reminds me of um, at the end of a test match when a test is drawn, you often say one side won the draw, one side lost the draw. Mm-hmm. South Africa won the draw today. They had a lot more to lose than, than their, oppo- their opponents. I'll tell you what they did lose though was was Hashim Amla. You, you're stiff in a game that is called off within about 15 minutes that you still have time to get out. Um, but it won't count for his average. That's the one thing I should add. No, but it will. I don't it's think a completed it innings. No, it's a, they, it's a match played because as, as soon as there's a ball bowled, a match played goes onto all 22 players' records. Yeah. And as soon as and anything that happens on the field, so anyone else will get a did not bat on that day if you're if you're Rassi right. Vanderdus and you'll get a DNB on your record. But if you're Hash, you get a six dismissed because you've still been dismissed in an international match. It yeah, doesn't I matter suppose that that's right. Completed. Come to think of it, it makes no sense what I said before, but I had some feeling in the back of my mind that no results uh, result in, but that's only when they replay the game. Right. So you've, we've, there has been instances in international cricket where the first innings has been played yep. and a player's gone on to make a century and then the game's been called off due to rain. They've started it again the next day, which meant the 100 oh. did not exist. So it vanished like in Back to the Future with the photograph of the three siblings. Wow. It vanished from time. Like like when Marty starts getting a bit see-through. In, yeah, that, in, that bit. Yeah, yeah. In, in true when, 80s when technology. He's, uh, when he's in the... Uh, in the uh, um, yeah. Enchantment Under the Sea dance, and he's right. trying to play the guitar, and suddenly his legs are disappearing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want that. They're no. very important. Guitar guitar is mostly in the legs, uh, I've always found. That it's very convenient that he started losing his legs first, not his hands, given he was playing Johnny B. Good at the time. Yeah. 90, anyway. 90% of guitar is done with the legs. People don't realise the importance of, of a stable bass, you know. Or it's all through the hips, power through the hips, you know. That's uh, when you lift things. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're confusing yourself here, Jeff. So, late 90s safety videos. But I think importantly that, that Hashim Amla has really struggled since he started the World Cup. He made a couple of 50s in the warm-up games, but he's looked absolutely shot since Jofra Archer sconned him here at the Oval on day one of the tournament. And there he went for a cheap score 
tour again. It shouldn't be underestimated the effect. We mentioned this the other day in reference to Uswin Kawaja, but how what getting hit in the head can do to a top-order player. Chris Rogers, we saw firsthand, have that experience in England in 2015, hit in the helmet at Lords, and then he said then that was when he started considering whether he should play for Australia anymore, and he got hit again. Um, at, oh, actually, it was earlier. It was when he was fielding a short leg the previous summer. Mm. And that's, you, just, you get to a stage in your career when getting hit in your head is not something you're willing to consider. And Hashim Amla, yeah. with a career like that, such a decorated um, career for South Africa over such a long period of time, I'm sure he's mindful of the fact that short bowling is de rigueur at the mm. moment uh, I don't know it, it, it must play a role well he didn't have to face too much of it just seven deliveries uh, drove one nice four through point bit, bit toe end but then he edged one to slip so I think that brings us to the Hall of Fame already because uh, his dismissal is certainly in the Hall of Fame he managed to edge it to slip well sort of wide of slip so slowly that Chris Gale the least mobile man in the entire world of cricket he's more a monument than a man now, a, a sort of a sentinel, a lighthouse. He he stands out on the bluff against the the ravages of wind and sea, and and is immovable. And yet he took steps. He actually stepped a couple of times, shuffled across. I uh, think there were three sideways. actual steps. Yeah, to be able to get that take at slip, and he was able to do that because it went so slowly. Because Amla hit it so badly, he kind of just spooned this top edge away to the slip cordon. He got backspin on it. It's like mm. when you're giving slips practice at training and you're trying to like perfectly execute off your hands and knees when you got the bat up and trying to position the slips catch often you'll get backspin on those yeah. it, it, it was just it was the epitome of catching practice it was an ash body backhand slice that's really right. is, is where that was cricket ash body going to slip yeah the WBBL Brisbane hates ash body <laughs> now a winner at Roland Garrosh if you weren't following it the other way Roland Garrosh <laughs> so <laughs> that's not the first time he, Roland Garrosh has been mentioned on the final word what's the other time Jeff Gustavo Quirton got a run a few years yeah, ago Thomas Wister and somewhere we're spinning as much as Roland Garros and we managed to get those two great clay quarters on the pod yeah, it might have been a clay court pitch I, I think I remember describing the 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 India v Australia pitch in Delhi in 2013 as, as a, a French clay court when <laughs> when uh, maybe MS Dhoni made a double hundred there anyway we digress anyway. which is what we do Hall of Fame, that, that dismissal's in there. Probably having the shortest ever World Cup match should be in there. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a like worth that. noting. Yeah, yeah. Records like that mean something uh, to me anyway. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Rain for a sec okay. in a semi-serious way to begin with. This is a tournament where we've had two games rained off, which doubles the amount of games that were rained off in the history of World Cups until now. One in 1979. One in 2015, mm. and then two in the last four days. Yep. There's no reserve, and partly that's a product of the fact that often there have been reserve days built into the tournament. And, and which, you know, who were they? Walk us through it. What, well, what certainly the- in 1999, which is a tournament I've been following very closely recently, they had reserve days yep. for this event. No, no, but which were the games? Which oh, are the games sorry. Lost? Well, the one I remember is um, 2015 with Australia-Bangladesh. 1979, I don't know that, but I do know it happened because our colleague Dan Norcross told us this morning it happened. Do you know that Billy Corgan actually wrote that song named after that? Rained off ah, match, really? 1979. What? Really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's <laughs> that's pretty niche. If you understand that reference, there's another '90s marker from television at the time. So right, so right, so there, there were reserve days historically. They're not in this tournament. That's probably something that had their, their time again. Oh, one little insidery thing. I interviewed a bunch of people at the Cricket World Cup before the tournament. Mm-hmm. And one question I asked all the senior executives, uh, and I didn't publish this bit, but I should have in hindsight, the one question I asked them all was, what keeps you awake at 2am? And all five of them said, at raining during the tournament. 
And it's happened. Which, of course, it's going to happen. It's no. June. It's England in June. Well, it not, rains. not necessarily. It didn't rain last year in June, for what it's worth. But I, I guess... It rained a lot during the Champions Trophy the year before. You know, th- this is something that we could have safeguarded against to an extent. But let's get resourceful. Let's assume that you can't have reserve days. Mm-hmm. Let's assume- So you, your, your recommendation is moving it down the motorway where where you know the rain might not be? My, my recommendation is being, is it possible to be flexible with scheduling? Obviously, it's a logistical nightmare. But if you say, we know it's going to be absolutely hosing down in Taunton on Wednesday and it's less likely to be hosing down in London on Wednesday, can we play the game in London? And, of course, there's always a risk that maybe the forecast is wrong and you have, the worst situation would be you move the game to where it then starts to rain. Um, but... If you have reliable enough information that that you can really make a call on that, then it's not that hard in a country where you can hop on a bus and be somewhere else in two hours to play the game elsewhere. I'm going to get a bit outside the box here. So a couple of years ago on April Fool's Day, there was a, you know, in quintessential social media April Fool's Day fashion, a post went up saying there was going to be a shade cloth put over the top of Lords on days when it rained. I don't think it's a bad idea. (laughs) I'll continue. So there was a member of parliament who many years ago, his name was Dennis Jensen, dangerous Dennis Jensen. He, he suggested that climate change could be fixed by putting a shade cloth in space over Australia mm-hmm. uh, in front of the ozone layer. It's <laughs> the logical solution. Of Why course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. But the idea broadly has some merit to it, I think. Why is it beyond us to have some sort of thing that sits above the field of play and above the seating bowl if required. I know that putting roofs on stadiums costs tens of millions of dollars. I'm not suggesting that we enclose the stadiums permanently, but something that in the short term could be erected to mean that the rain falling on top doesn't affect the game being played below. Like I, I don't know. It just doesn't you feel just like want it, a giant umbrella. <laughs> something like, really like that. But I mean even we're looking out at the oval at the moment from our vantage point. Yep. If you put something that reached the top of each light tower for instance, it might be a bit more complicated than that, but you you must get where I'm coming from here. Like, it, it, you know, it's 2019. There are surely things we can do, especially when we're talking about a World Cup, where we could have thought ahead a wee bit and got a little bit resourceful. I, I'm not an engineer, um, so my ability to be able to visualise this is um, limited. I'm I'm going to say as into how that could be put up. Maybe maybe zeppelins, um, sort of <laughs> floating some sort of cover underneath them, and just get some really big dirigibles, like big weather balloons, and just float them up over the ground with it, and then it could be transparent so the light could come through so you wouldn't have a darkness problem you know so, yeah. so sort of a, like a, a Wimbledon a clear the, the tra- canopy yeah the Wimbledon roof is see-through for that exact reason so light isn't an issue I don't know I just feel like that's something that it was an April Fool's joke but it's always played away in the back of my mind like and today I thought about it again let's not worry about building stadiums with roofs that that's very expensive and, and cricket in England's well, skint. So let's let's uh, let, let's think, think outside the square. Let, if it's possible, if you're an engineer listening in, if my brother's listening by chance, and the off chance is, tell us how we could do such a thing. <laughs> That's the challenge. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. <laughs> well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interests at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. <laughs> okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Superfund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. (laughs) 
Well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. This is the final word, World Cup Daily, day 12, coming to you from London. And with the rain out today, the table is starting to take shape. New Zealand on top with six points. They've won three out of three. England four, Australia four, India four. Well, Australia's in fourth spot on net run rate. West Indies, Sri Lanka, Pakistan each have three points. Bangladesh two, South Africa one, Afghanistan none. And as we look forward to where we're going, well, the match tomorrow is Bangladesh, Sri Lanka in Bristol, which will probably be rained out again. Um, I don't have know if I have that much more rain filled to get through tomorrow, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Yeah, apparently the storm is moving from Southampton in a westerly direction towards Bristol. And then after that, it's taking a turn south towards Taunton, which is where we're going tomorrow for the game on Wednesday between Australia and Pakistan will be there um, seeing Aaron Finch and Safrez Ahmed talk to the media tomorrow and, and see what we can get out of that. South Africa's next engagement is on Saturday against Afghanistan, the battle of the cellar dwellers in Cardiff to see who can uh, get the coveted bottom spot. The Afghans could get off the bottom of the table there with a win over South Africa but South Africa will have a good chance to bank some points. The West Indies are playing England on Friday in Southampton which is a a tasty clash. That's a blockbuster for a lot of reasons really. How will the West Indies approach bowling on a slower track? Um, I mean I know they briefly bowled today uh, at South Africa down in that same venue but it'll be interesting to see whether it's as resilient uh, when the track isn't giving them as much uh, compared to what they got at Nottingham the other day. And then, as you said, we are up at the crack of dawn to get on a bus to go to Taunton to lead up to the Australia-Pakistan game, do that game, get on the Venga bus that night driving from Taunton to Nottingham to be there for the India-New Zealand game. On Thursday, it's going to be a manic few days. But uh, this Australia-Pakistan clash is an interesting one. Yeah, the glitz and glamour of getting on a a. 6am coach or whatever it is tomorrow morning, I cannot wait. Uh, Yeah, the... Well, look, I think if Australia are fair income, uh, if they're going to seriously be a contender for the final four, they have to beat a side like Pakistan. I know Pakistan beat England this time last week, but yeah, Australia needs to bounce back. There's, there's, uh, there's no room, um, especially with rain as part of the conversation now. Mm. They, they have to win a game like that. Do you think they're dinky die in the fair income department? Well, in the fair income department, I'm not sure their chase was in the fair income. It was put to me that maybe they were playing for net run rate yesterday. That wouldn't be in the fair income department. No, that would be in the uh, very unfair and undinkum department. That would be neither true nor blue. Now, now we are doing this in a slightly more organised fashion. On day one of the tournament, there was a fellow sitting behind me in the outside press box who said that an Australian, an, an Australian young man, shall we? Uh, it, it wasn't an Englishman, and he yelled out very loudly talking to his friend my favorite song on youtube is the offspring being no, sorry is john williamson being covered by the offspring <laughs> quote end quote and he proceeded to start singing the off uh, the, the 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 john williams no it must be the other way around it must be the offspring covered by john williamson come to think of it i doubt it's the other way around i doubt the offspring know who i doubt I the offspring are singing true do. blue <laughs> 
Steve Orr would love that. It's his Venn diagram. It's one big circle. All the same, if you're listening, uh, young man who had a real thing for both John Williamson and The Offspring. In combination. You've made it now at last. Imagine the duet. (laughs) Madison Square Gardens. (laughs) And now to welcome a special guest. What would you rather hear? John Williamson singing The Best of Smash or The Offspring singing True Blue in the circle with Steve Waugh. Well, we started with Alanis Morissette and we will end with John Williamson. <laughs> this has been The Final Word, World Cup Daily, Day 12. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Day 13. Today brought to you by Seabus Super. Visit seabussuper.com.au and we will see you tomorrow. Ta-da! To go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.